0: You're listening to English with Lydia, a podcast for intermediate level learners who want to take their English to the next level. I'm Lydia. Today, I'm joined by Fiona. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Would you mind introducing yourself?
1: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Fiona, Fiona from birdsong English, birdsongenglish.com, which is an online academy for adult. Uh, independent English learners. And yeah, I have been teaching since 2012, mainly adults. I'm now studying my master's degree in applied linguistics and TESOL and still working part time. And that's it. Amazing. And as part of your,
0: your master's degree, you've been looking at something called foreign language anxiety. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So firstly, could you tell us what exactly is foreign language anxiety?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So this, honestly, I find I find this topic quite interesting because I think it's it's something that is so common. I've suffered from it. I think so many people have suffered from it, but actually, not many people really know that it has a name and and what exactly it is. So, um, it's it's what is called a situation specific anxiety. So, it's an anxiety which can just a really horrible negative experience, just like with normal anxiety, which we call trait anxiety. Um, It's it looks different in everybody. Some people, you know, they might kind of get really hot and and sweaty and other people might feel dizzy or sick. Other people, it might be less physical and just more of an emotional experience. But generally, it's unpleasant. It's very unpleasant. And it happens to people, learners or speakers of another language. Uh, when they're either communicating or sometimes just thinking about communicating in that second or other language. Um, So it doesn't, that's what it means by situation specific. It's not, it doesn't just happen to people who are generally anxious. It happens to anybody, even if you're somebody who's normally quite confident, um, specifically in that situation of having to, to speak or communicate or thinking about doing that in, I guess in this context in English uh, if English isn't your first language. Okay and what are some of the impacts of this? Yeah so I think one of the most important impacts is that I've just said it's it's unpleasant right it's a horrible horrible experience Um, and I think Quite often when when I talk about that and I talk about the importance of being comfortable and in a good headspace when you're learning. I think sometimes people just think I'm just being nice, you know, because it's nice to be, you know, happy when you're learning. But actually, it's much more important than that, that, you know, if you're not comfortable when you're learning. Uh, there are a lot of negative consequences to that as well. You're not going to learn as effectively as you would do if you're kind of calm, confident, and and you're not suffering from any kind of you know negative emotions, anxiety being one of them. Um, so that's one thing. It's bad for learners if if you're learning and every time you go to speak or contribute in the classroom or even speak in in real life outside of the classroom, if every time you have this horrible negative feeling, you're not going to do it as often. You're not going to take those opportunities to practise. You're not going to contribute in class. If you're not contributing in class, then you're not going to be getting the practise and also the feedback that you need. Uh, So it can be really detrimental to just just learning. And even for speakers who maybe they've gone past that point, they've finished with sort of their academy experiences and maybe you're you're working in an international business where the lingua franca is English, which is quite common, especially now when we have so many businesses online. Um, Imagine you're in a business where you have people All communicating, doing business, building rapport, building relationships, doing deals, selling, buying, uh, doing business in general in English. If when you communicate, you're suffering from that anxiety, it's affecting your self esteem. uh, That's going to affect your job. That's going to affect your career. It's going to affect, uh, in some cases, the the business itself as well. If you have a, a culture where maybe you know non native english speakers are not getting the support they need and it's going to affect the the actual quality of the business um which again is quite a big thing <laughs> that's that's a yeah. big no thing
0: so what are some of the reasons for this why does this happen
1: there's a there are a lot of reasons why it happens um <laughs> one one thing which I think is important, not because it's the biggest reason, but but because I think it's it's something that it's the easiest to do something about, um, is the dominance of native English speakers from you know from uh, you know global minority countries, the u k the u s uh, australia, um as models of English. so or oh, yeah, models of the language so you know when we're learning quite often we've got people speaking in uh, like similar to you know my accent and your accent um, those are the models that we're all learning English from now what can quite often happen is that when a learner is uh, you know even once they've reached proficiency or near proficiency they listen to themselves they listen to the most typical English speaking model that you know from the textbooks from I'm showing my age here but you know from the CDs that come with the textbooks Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know they listen to the the audios and they notice a difference and of course there is a difference and that is a very natural difference it doesn't it's not a difference in quality but I think what's what happens quite often is that learners will hear that difference and they will think oh that means that I'm I'm still not good enough because I'm I'm different because I sound different what comes out of my mouth is not the same as this thing that I'm hearing um and so I'm still not good enough and I think yeah like I said that's one thing that we can we can do something about I think
0: so what can we what can we do uh to get more exposure to different accents to um, to kind of deal with this aspect
1: of it there are a few things you can do is I mean as teachers there's definitely things that we can do we know when we're giving resources and using resources in our classes we can we can change those a little bit Um, but as a learner as well um, just try to find I mean there are what, like 60 plus countries with English as a, as a official language. Um, so just try when you're, you know, watching YouTube videos, when you're listening to podcasts like this one, um, just try to find, you know, speakers from, from other places. I, I listened to a podcast the other day, for example, um, which was very funny. I can't remember the name now, but it's three guys from Nigeria, um, or just just chatting and they just have a really good rapport, really good relationship. I think they were talking about Amazon deliveries or something, but just really nice to listen to Um, all native speakers of English, but just a less common accent um, in terms of what we're used to hearing in in ESL. Um, So just seek other types of English. And that will also help you with your listening comprehension comprehension as well as well as you know gaining more confidence in in how you sound um you know that you're when you how can i explain this when you hear the same kind of things spoken about in many different ways you start to understand better what the commonalities are like what actually makes pronunciation correct even when it varies in different accents you know so so it's better (laughs) For you as well it's good for your listening and it's good for your speaking and it's good for your confidence
0: exactly yeah i i always recommend that i think if you're only listening to one type then you're going to struggle in real life because the, the chances are that if you're working in um, an international company or you're using social media to connect with people you're going to come across people from all countries not just countries that use English as their official language, people who are non native speakers of English. Um, but if you don't have that exposure, then yeah, you you won't be able to understand as easily. So it's yeah, really beneficial for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another big thing which I'm sure you and you know, you can relate to, and I'm sure you've heard from many of your students as well. Um, is just a lack of speaking practice in in previous educational establishments. Um, There's a lot lot to communication, more than just speaking, more than just words, right? Um, In order to communicate effectively, we need to recognize facial expressions. We need to um, perceive like expressions and eye contact and what the norms around those are, gestures, uh, tone of voice. Um, There's there's so much there's so much to communication um, aside from knowledge of the language. And I think what what happens quite often in a lot of schools, definitely in Europe, uh, is that knowledge of the language is the one thing that is just drilled into students. So I, I've lost count of the amount of learners that I have spoken to who know the grammar better than I do, but they they've not got the they haven't had the practice speaking, um, and because they haven't had the practice speaking, you know, they're more likely to suffer from things like anxiety when when they have to in real life. Um, the more practice you can get in a safe environment uh, where you feel comfortable, actually learning to communicate, and also understanding the cultural norms within your context as well, wherever it is that you need to communicate. Um, you know, just just be aware that communicating is more than just knowing the theory of when to use present perfect, for example. <laughs> Definitely.
0: And like you said, yeah, finding a, a safe space to to practice and improve, yeah, is, is a really great thing. Um, and I think as well with, with anxiety, often exposure to the thing that you're scared of is what will help you to move forward. Um, so like you said, if you can find a safe space to stop speaking and start practising more, then you're stepping slightly out of your comfort zone and, and yeah, slowly over time as you, as you do that and you speak more,
1: then your confidence will begin to grow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I mean, all of these are kind of connected, really. Um, but objectives are also really important. So um, I think, you know, setting objectives, setting realistic objectives and then coming back to those and constantly understanding that when you have a learning roadmap, a learning plan and a set of objectives, that those are shifting moving things that can be changed and revisited constantly and that they need to be realistic as well because one of the, the you know recognized causes of, of foreign language anxiety um, is when you have learners who set objectives which are much too high um, and who actually inside you know don't really believe that they can achieve those objectives and then it's sort of this horrible you know, psychological cycle, messy cycle of where you're, you know, self-sabotaging, you're beating yourself up, you're being negative to yourself uh, because you've set these ridiculous objectives, um, you know, which which even yourself, you know, possibly don't believe that you you can achieve. So realistic objectives are also really important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share yes
1: yeah, sure. so and i think <laughs> even if you're somebody who uh you know even if you don't think that you're affected by this i think i think all of these things are good advice in general if if you're learning to be honest um one interesting thing as well uh is that social learning uh tends to really help with foreign language anxiety so um you know if 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 you feel like you're suffering or if you want to avoid that in the future, um, things like group study, um, making sure that you're sort of collaborative with your learning that if you have a tutor that you're sharing your feelings with your tutor and your classmates, you're working with your your classmates and, and other learners as well. Um, and I would just stress as well that, you know, more time dedicated to actual communicative skills rather than just uh, language awareness um, is a big help.
0: Amazing. Well, I think that your advice will be super helpful for anyone listening who feels like they are experiencing foreign language anxiety. So thank you so much for joining me today, Fiona.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me and I hope it's helpful.
0: Don't forget to follow, rate, and review English with Lydia wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at English with Lydia. See you next time.